This is Miles. What's up, everybody? It's Sean. And today we are going to be covering the Forensic Files episode known as Financial Downfall. All right, let's get into it. I'm going to give another little heads up here. We are filming in a different location today, so you might hear our puppies pause. <laughs> Pitter patter. Pitter patter. Or their, uh, their noises, their breathing. <laughs> Deanna Hubbard grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. She dropped out of high school, and when she was 19, she married a man in the Navy named Jay Wilde. Together, they moved to San Diego. I don't know if you've been to Louisville or if you've been to San Diego, but they are two completely different places. And so Deanna was really struggling. The marriage had its challenges, and Jay was often stationed away at sea on the USS Kitty Hawk for long periods of time. This left Deanna alone in an unfamiliar city where she really didn't know anybody. Um, at the time of her death, she had only lived in San Diego for seven months. Soon, Deanna and Jay separated, um, and Deanna found comfort in a man named James Coates. Deanna's sister claimed that Deanna insisted Coates was no special, like he wasn't special at all, and she always planned to get back together with her husband and eventually move back to Kentucky. Nevertheless, Deanna soon moved in with James' mother, Virginia Reardon, and her husband, Billy Joe McGinnis, otherwise known as Mark or BJ. Interestingly enough, James and Virginia were actually also from Louisville, Kentucky, so it might have felt, you know, safe and comfortable being with them, um, you know, around other people that had come from the same place she did. On April 1st, 1987, Virginia and Bill accompanied Deanna to State Farm to apply for a life insurance policy of $35,000. Now, Sean, you work in the insurance business. Can you tell us a little bit about what you have to do to take out a life insurance policy on somebody? Yeah, I mean, different policies, you're going to have to have different uh, requirements for them, but policy like that, that small... Probably not a whole lot went into it, um, you know. As long as there aren't any like underlying conditions to to, to rule her out, but yeah, she's, she's young, like twenty. So um, yeah, I mean that wouldn't really raise too many flags. God, the only odd thing about it is that there is that she's what their daughter-in-law. So no, she's not their daughter-in-law. When they went to apply for this. Um, life insurance policy. Virginia and Bill said that Deanna was their soon-to-be daughter-in-law. But there are some strange things here. First of all, Deanna's whole entire family claim that she never wanted to marry James. She always wanted to get back with Jay. And another strange thing is that James actually went to prison the day that they we're filling out this insurance policy. Yeah, that seems odd. Definitely seems uh, coerced. 
Yeah, very, very strange. The primary beneficiary of this life insurance policy was James Coates, and the secondary beneficiaries were Virginia and Bill. So on the day after they applied for this life insurance policy, on April 2nd, 1987, Deanna, Virginia, and Bill went on a coastal drive uh, down to Big Sur on Highway 1. Now, have you ever driven on one of those coastal roads? Uh, I can't say that I have. Yeah, I don't think I brought you when we went to visit California, but these roads are sort of terrifying. The cars are really close to the edge of the cliff. And I always remember whenever we drove down to Santa Cruz that I would like lean towards the inside of the, you know, of the road because I really didn't like to see how big of a drop that is. Yeah. Because it really feels like you're at the edge of the world and the drop just goes down, 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 down forever. We're going to take a quick break right here so you can hear about a new podcast called Still Unknown. Hello, everyone. My name is Joe. And forgive me for interrupting this great episode of Forensic Miles, but I wanted to just let you all know that I have a brand new true crime podcast of my own called Still Unknown, an unsolved true crime podcast. Each week, I will dive into a new unsolved murder or missing persons case. And who knows, maybe even a paranormal story every now and then. You can subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this podcast here. You can also follow the podcast's Instagram page at StillUnknownPodcast. Episode 1 will be out on January 1st, so subscribe now to hear it when it debuts. Thank you. And now back to this episode of Forensic Miles. On their drive, they decided to pull off um, for a minute and, you know, kind of appreciate the view. This is not an uncommon thing. There are tons of places to pull off the roads and do this exact thing. It wasn't a very secluded location. I mean, you could see it directly from the freeway. And it's just a place for people to kind of stop and enjoy the view. And that's what they decided to do. Exactly. So they were all taking photos of this beautiful view in the ocean when suddenly and quote unquote silently, Deanna disappeared. There's only three of them. I know. So Bill knew immediately that she had fallen off the cliff. Um, and he could see her shoes on on the edge. Falling off a cliff, you know, I don't I don't know if that's super rare. I kind of looked it up, and it said that three people died last year from falling off the Grand Canyon. Um, and I think these people were specifically taking photos on their phones, which is sort of similar to what Deanna was doing. So it's not. I think I've seen that a lot, like recently too, like. Uh influencers Mm -hmm. getting selfies and like falling yeah i mean when things are you know closer than they appear when you're looking at your camera so it doesn't seem too abnormal that she would have fallen off i mean not likely but maybe not super rare exactly so After this happened, after they realized what happened, Virginia hurried, or I think actually they both hurried to a local store to report the incident. 
um, and the attendant called the police and then drove them back to the site um, of Deanna's death. So it turns out Deanna fell 500 feet. And do you know what the worst part about this all was? The fact that she fell off of a cliff? Well, yes. But also, she was afraid of heights. Biggest fear coming true. I know. Um, and that's just absolutely awful to me. And I wonder, you know, if she was afraid of heights, what was she doing standing so, so close? close? Yeah. Monterey County Sheriff's rescuer, Jason Mason, um, had kind of an interesting interaction with Bill in Virginia. I mean, he was there right after it happened. Um, and he kind of noted their reaction to the fall. And he said that they were very calm. And they weren't crying. They were just very cool, calm, and collected, which sounds sort of odd. I mean, if you were there, this would be a traumatizing event. You would be very upset about this, I I would assume. But I guess, you know, everybody's reaction to a terrible thing like this is different, so we can't really truly know. Right. So following the death of her daughter, Deanna's mother, Bobby Roberts, attempted to claim a $2,500, you know, payout from her own insurance company to cover funeral costs. Um, And in order to do this, she contacted an attorney, Stephen H. Keeney, to help her write a letter to the insurance company to claim the money. Stephen, you know, he said, of course he would do it and he would do it free of charge. Little did he know, Stephen would end up working on this case and building a murder case for about two years. The more Keeney, you know, worked on this case, the more he realized that things were just not really adding up. Um, He was noted to have said, the job I took was to put her mind to rest. The problem was, the more I tried to check and confirm the things to show there wasn't a problem, the more I found things that suggested the opposite. So immediately when he started looking at this case, he felt like something was kind of weird. Um, And, you know, he is kind of the reason that this whole case came to be. Um, And and later there is a quote from um, the county deputy district attorney, Louis Argonne. And he said, if there was an award to go for, or if there was an award given for pro bono attorney of the century, Steve Keeney would get it. So, you know, this work that he did was absolutely amazing and is probably the reason that, um, you know, this story ended up the way that it did. So Keeney started, it really is. He's just like the um, private investigator in um, the Woodchipper murder. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He started to notice that things, you know, just seemed a little bit off. And what he found was that Monterey... what he found was the Monterey County coroner's file was still open, which he thought was sort of weird. You know, if she had just fallen, they would have just said accidental death, but the file was still open. He also found the autopsy report and it showed that Deanna had Elaville, Elaville, mm-hmm. Elaville, um, an antidepressant in her system. Um, and this drug is known to cause drowsiness. Um, and in the Forensic Files episode, I think one of the women even says that if you'd never taken this drug before, you would feel really, really out of it, um, which is very scary. Um, Deanna was not prescribed this drug. And Bill even stated that he thought that Deanna might have, you know, accidentally taken this drug, um, thinking it was a pain reliever. reliever. And interesting. 
Interestingly enough, Bill had the prescription for this drug. And he had just gotten the prescription for the drug a month before Deanna's death. Hmm. Paper trail. There is. The coroner... Uh, the coroner's report also showed that despite Virginia and Bill saying they didn't notice Deanna had fallen, her fake nails had been broken and torn off. And Keeney said he couldn't imagine her fall was silent considering how painful it would be to have your nail ripped off. And, you know, she had false nails. And I know you don't wear false nails, but I do. And I have had a false nail being bent, not even ripped off, just bent backwards. And I literally could not use my finger for months. Like it hurt so bad. I didn't even know what to do with myself. Mm. Yeah. That does not sound quiet. So you want to go and get fake nails? No, I'll pass on that. (laughs) Anyway, all this to say that she didn't just fall. Deanna must have caught herself as she was falling down the cliff and then her hands were either stepped on or hit with a rock to force her to let go and fall off the cliff. That's terrible. It is. Um, and in the Forensic Files episode, the coroner does talk about this, that sh- the scratches on the back of Deanna's hands absolutely could not have been from the fall because they were on the back of her hands. Uh, yeah, because if she's falling down a cliff... And I mean, before she hits bottom, she's still probably alive. She's going to try. She's trying to grab herself or stop herself. Mm -hmm. So it'd be her palms. Exactly. Not back of her hands. But the smoking gun, as it was described, is, of course, the insurance policy. Virginia and Bill said on the life insurance policy, like I said before, that Deanna was going to be her future, their future daughter-in-law. But, you know, as it became clear... There's no way that Deanna was going to marry James because he she always wanted to get back together with Jay. A state farm insurance agent, the one that helped them apply for this um, insurance policy, said that both Reardon and McGinnis were with Deanna, you know, when she applied for this policy. But Deanna didn't seem super interested at all in the proceedings. During the meeting, Virginia asked two questions that in hindsight were a little odd. She asked, is this policy in force when I sign the check? And she she asked, does this policy provide for accidental death? Yeah, those are definitely big red flags to uh, ask on an app before doing an application. So what does that first question really mean? Is this policy in force when I sign the check? Uh, basically just like wondering if coverage is going to start. So like as, as soon as they walk, basically as soon as she walks out that door and if she were to walk into the street, Virginia was asking, can I turn back around and, and get my $35,000? Well, that's basically what happened because the <laughs> next day Deanna dies yeah. of, you know, an accidental whatever. Which, death. which typically it, there's, uh, like an elimination period and. Um, like a looking period before before anything gets paid out. Um, there's there's going to be exclusions on the policy depending on the overall situation. And so, does that have something to do with how low the insurance policy is? Mm, no, that's that's pretty that's a pretty like basic like for all no matter what type of a policy it is. Okay. 
Now we come to another really big part of the evidence, and these are the photographs. So Bill and Virginia weren't lying when they said that they were taking photographs during the time of Deanna's death. Um, however, they said that at the time of her death, she was taking photos of sea lions. Um, and because of this, the police requested copies of these photos, um, and they were not expecting what they found. First off, there were no photos of sea lions on the camera. And, you know, there are sea lions there. Oh, I've seen them. Yep, but there were no photos of sea lions on the camera. So that was sort of weird. That was initially like kind of like, hmm, they said that's what she was doing. And you think that would be something that you find. Yeah, they're not there. But what they do find is, you know, sort of this timeline of Deanna. In the beginning of the role, Deanna can be seen kind of happy and enjoying the views. But later in the role, Deanna's demeanor starts to kind of change. There's this photograph of Deanna and Bill. His arms are around her, and she's kind of, like, leaning back into him with her head not really looking at the camera. And she looks like she's really disoriented and kind of out of it. There's another picture where you can see Deanna and Bill. Um, their, their backs are both turned facing the camera um, and their faces or well Deanna's face is looking at the ocean but Bill is kind of looking over his shoulder back towards the freeway um, and this is the last photo that Deanna is featured in so they're standing at the edge of the cliff with Bill basically looking out to see Cars are coming. Mm -hmm. So basically what they think, prosecutors believe that Virginia took this photo as a keepsake to remember what they had done. So this is probably catching the moment in action of when Bill pushes her off. The next couple photos, I didn't find this in any of um, the newspaper articles that I went through, but this was in the Forensic Files episode. Um, the next three photos are three shots of the area around them. So she turns and she looks at the freeway in front of her, snaps a picture. She turns straight, snaps a picture of the freeway, and she turns and she takes a picture of the other side of the freeway. So it's kind of like she's looking to see if anybody had seen what they had done. Oh, wow. It's true what they say. Picture tells a thousand words. That's very and true in some. this case, yes. I'll actually post these pictures on our blog as well as the Instagram page so you can kind of look at them because they're very interesting. So, you know, after they kind of were able to gain all of this information, McGinnis and Reardon were arrested and they were held on a $5 million bond each, um, which at the time was the highest figures ever in California history. The day before the trial of Virginia and Bill, Bill died in prison. So there are all these things like the, it happens the day before. Like it's very interesting here. And obviously some of these things are just coincidence um, and some of them aren't. But it is interesting, you know, Jamie or James was in prison. Bill dies. They get the insurance. I, I don't know. I, I find it There's very interesting. There's a lot of death going on. That's for sure. So five years after the death of Deanna, Virginia's trial starts, um, and it's moved from San Diego to the cliff in Big Sur where Deanna had been killed. Um, this was the first time ever that a trial happened on a cliff. 
So they were at the actual edge of the cliff um, where she died. And these jurors actually stood in the exact place that her, her shoes were found. Whoa. Yeah. So it was a very intense trial. um, And the jurors had to be reminded, Hey, like, don't stand that close to the edge. You know, that's a real big drop down there. So after the unprecedented trial, Virginia was sentenced to life in prison for the death of Deanna. But the story doesn't end there because like you said, death seems to kind of follow Virginia. So after the trial, some interesting information started to come forward in relation to Virginia being present at other odd deaths. Virginia had been at the death, the quote unquote, accidental death of her own daughter, Cynthia Elaine Coates. She had been found hanged in her Louisville, Kentucky barn in 1972. Cynthia was only three years old at the time. She was three years old. Three years old. And she was found hanged. Yeah. In the barn. That's terrible. It is. Um, However, nothing could be proved at the time. There was no evidence to convict Virginia of this crime. In September of 1974, Virginia's husband, Sylvester Reardon, died from cancer. Um, Although there... You know, there are rumors that Virginia kind of helped him die earlier than he should have. Again, like Cynthia, nothing could be proved, um, but Virginia did collect insurance pol- the insurance policy money on this. Hmm. Yeah. But that's not all. In 1985, Virginia's home in San Diego, where she lived with her mother, um, burned down. And even though, you know, the fire investigators suspected arson, the insurance company pays out $122,225. They still paid out even though it was suspected as arson? Yep. The insurance policy still paid out. Hmm. But like I said, there is one more death. In 1986, Virginia's mother, Mary Angus Hoffman, died under mysterious circumstances. Again, nothing could be proved, and Virginia once again collected the insurance policy money. So this was something that Virginia was kind of known to do. She had done this a few times. I don't even think that that house fire is the only house fire that she got insurance payouts in. And I heard, um, you know, through my research that people believed that she kind of took these these well, I wouldn't say $122,225 is all, not a lot of money, but um, it wasn't, they felt like it wasn't enough money to really do a full investigation. I mean, clearly she was still getting away with it and she thought she would get away with it with Deanna too um, if it weren't for, you know, a really perceptive attorney. I mean, those th- if the, if this all was happening today, I think it would have been caught a lot sooner, or there would have been a lot less payouts. Mm-hmm. Well, you would have but hoped. They should teach like a insurance course on her. <laughs> yeah. On things to look out for. Mm-hmm. She's probably either an insurance company's worst nightmare at this point. Probably. Probably. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Forensic Miles. We will be back next Thursday. We are going to try and do episodes every Thursday from now on. That day seems to work for us. 
Um, I'd love it if you guys would like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. We are now on Apple Podcasts. I am so excited about that. Um, And we will talk to you next week. Go like it. Go love it. See you guys later. (laughs) 